Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever is on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are, and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Thanks again, everyone who's tuning in for this episode of Welcome Home. Uh, today, my guest is another one of my uncles. I think he's the third or fourth to come through now. Um, so we're almost rounding out the, the tribe of five, but I'd like to take a quick second and welcome him. Thank him for coming over to my apartment and uh, really excited to talk to you today, Uncle Jesse Katina. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me, man. Uh, it's an honor to be with you. And bro, I feel bad that this is my first time to your space here. This is awesome, man. I know. You came right in time. I'm, I just We were just talking. I'm getting ready to move out of here, but it's been a good run, and I'm thankful all my uncles got to see that uh, I was able to pull it off for a few <laughs> you months sure at did, least. Man. Well, uh, for our listeners, for those who are listening that uh, I think a lot of them probably do know you, but some of them may not, so I just want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners who are hearing from you for the first time. Absolutely. I'm Jesse Katina. As uh, Josh said, I'm one of the, the five, and uh, I'm the youngest. Uh, I'm not sure if my other brothers said this, but we are five of 12 all together, and the five of us are right in the middle. We have several older siblings and uh, four younger than us, but out of the five, I'm the youngest. My uh, role in our band is I'm one of the lead singers along with my brother John. People ask, well, how come you guys don't play instruments? Uh, to be quite honest, we just we just didn't have have it like that. We had no <laughs> skill. So my dad said, hey guys, just uh, stand up there and make yourself useful. So here we are, lead singers. There you go. Well, thanks, Uncle. Um, as you know, you've heard some of the episodes. I have certain questions for my guests that uh, I like to ask. One of them is the same for all of them. But the first two, I try and come up with uh, questions that I think are unique to my guests. So I'm excited, Josh. So, I'm excited. But I, I'm, I'm kind of like Uncle Yeti. I, I did hear that one. Uh, I hope you don't ask me about aliens, oh, man, because okay. I have no clue. This is man. becoming a UFO <laughs> podcast. And, but uh, all right, we'll, we'll start with number one. So uh, as your nephew, I, I've gotten to, I probably know you better than, than just the average Joe, but Anyone who knows you uh, at a certain level knows that you love shoes, Uncle Jesse. You have uh, uh, quite a large collection, I think. It's been a while since I've seen it, so maybe it's shrunk down a little. It's maybe not, but uh, I'm not necessarily a sneakerhead. I uh, I like nice shoes, but I don't uh, I don't have a bunch of shoes in my sitting in my closet. But I know that for people who are really interested in, in sneakers and specifically basketball shoes, uh, owning, owning a pair of Jordans is uh, a special thing and something that's important to them. So I want to ask you, Uncle, can you remember and tell the story of the first time you ever got a pair of Jordans? Yeah, for sure. I'll try to uh, make this brief, but I've always had a, an affinity for not just shoes, but fashion in general. Growing up as a kid in Samoa, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot because our family was pretty large. My dad was a minister and my mom worked at a uh, 
convenience store. So we always knew that, man, we were just trying to make do with what we had. But as a kid growing up, once I discovered the Nike brand, even in Samoa where most kids wore slippers, uh, I just thought, man, one day I sure would love to own some shoes that had that Nike logo on it. So one particular Christmas, I don't know, I was probably seven or eight years old, uh, we didn't get a whole lot of gifts. Normally our older sister, Eua, would come by and she'd uh, have gifts for all of us brothers. And But this one particular Christmas, we were getting ready to open up the few gifts in the morning and this car pulled around. And I don't even know if you know the story, uh, Josh. It was our cousin Kit, his parents. They drove around that morning. He hopped out of the car with this big trash bag full of shoe boxes. Wow. And he brought them in, and guess what? They were Nikes. And man, I took care of those shoes like my life depended on it. I think I would use a toothbrush after every school day to scrub them clean, man. And so, uh, but from there, I just thought, man, if I ever get a job when I get older, I'm gonna buy me some uh, some Nikes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right, man. I have a few in my closet nice. to this day. Uh that's funny. So what's oh, that? But one thing, Josh, so you mentioned Jordan. Now, I'm not a real sneakerhead. I, I have a lot of pair of shoes. But, you know, I like to think that sneakerheads, at least a few that I know, they they buy three of the same pair of shoes, one to uh, wear, one to sell, and one to, uh, to keep. And I'm not that deep into the sh wow. shoe game. Speaking of Jordans, I bought my first pair of Jordans probably a year ago. Most people that know the five of us brothers, when they see us on the road or on stage, most people notice that we're wearing the same pair of shoes. And so my first pair of Jordans came, I believe it was last year. Wow, that's surprising to me. Yeah, man. I thought you would have had them a long, long time nah, ago. Nah, nah. And I also remember, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't uh, Boston get some Jordans for Christmas or something or... He did. Yeah. Uh, Boston, man, his dream shoe last year was the Jordan 11s, the breads. And uh, I had no clue, no idea where I'm going to get them from. <laughs> I don't do a lot of online shopping. And so all I knew about these specific Jordans were they were just hard to come by. Well, we were on the road a few months before Christmas. And a great friend of ours just offered me these shoes that were Boston's exact size. Wow. And, bro, I was so excited to, uh, to give him to Boston. Matter of fact, that was his last gift that he opened on Christmas Day. And uh, our whole family was in the living room, and I did not expect this reaction. Boston opened it up halfway, and <laughs> tears just started wow. flowing, man. And wow. so he had the whole family crying. Wow. So, so Boston is your son, obviously. And obviously, I guess Boston is very interested in shoes as well. Is that something that came from you, I would assume? Or do you think he kind of picked that up on his own? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yes. What's it like? Um, how old is Boston now? Boston is uh, 16. So BG 16. Yeah, sophomore. And then Mira and Sammy are how old? Mira is 14, and uh, Sam Sam is 8. Wow. So you're father of three. Like I said, Boston is 16, so he's a young man now, and he's kind of coming into his own 
and just be, he's no longer a little boy. And w- one thing that uh, I'm excited to experience when I'm a parent one day is when my kids grow up and start getting older and uh, just becoming themselves, seeing what what um, what is it from me that they're going to inherit uh. when it comes to maybe interests or passions, talents, whatever it may be. Yeah. Have you seen that in Boston at all? As he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of it, obviously, like you said, something like uh, his interest in shoes and, and fashion. There's a lot of things that we, uh, that we are similar in. Um, his love for sports, his knowledge, he's super, super athletic. Uh, he's probably a little bit more reserved than I was at his age. Uh, when it came to sports, I just wanted to be involved and to play anything with everybody. Boston is a little bit more, you know, he just kind of scopes people out before he gets involved. But yeah, I do see a lot of uh, mannerisms that were the same and he's pretty mellow, quiet. Yeah. So I hear a lot from my dad and obviously my uncles as well about, you know, you guys growing up with grandpa as your father and um, just what that relationship was like. And I'm curious to ask you when you just from a father to son aspect, what is, um, maybe similar and different between your relationship with your dad and what Boston's relationship is like with his dad? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I would like to think that I'm a little bit more open and accessible to Boston. He'd probably say otherwise, but I just know in my relationship with my dad, uh, he was a, he was a great dad, but he had a certain method of how to raise altogether twelve kids. It was one method worked for every mm. child. It was one size fits all. Oh, one size fits all, man. If your if your brother gets it, your older brother gets it, then you get the same kind of treatment. And uh, so I'm still on my journey as a as a dad trying to figure it out. Uh, but understanding that, man, all of my kids, all three of them, they're so different. Obviously, Mira and Sam being girls, female, then Boston being a boy, uh, they go through different stages, but man, I'm still trying to figure it out, and I don't know if I'll ever fully get mm. there. Yeah, that's probably a good place <laughs> to be. I, uh, um, yeah, I, I see similarities in, in my relationship with my dad that I do in the relationship with you in Boston, yeah. and so... Um, but yeah, good answers, uncle. We'll move on to question number two. All right. So we talked about one of your passions, which is shoes and fashion. Obviously, another passion of yours is music. Um, and I was actually thinking about it with the interviews that I've had with the other uncles. I haven't talked that much about music with them. Yeah. Um, but I would. I did want to talk to you about it because I think uh, out of all the uncles, I feel like you're you probably keep up with with music as it is today more than the others maybe yeah probably you know i'm in an interesting spot when it comes to that because i'm the youngest but the foundation of my uh music musical journey started from my older brothers which would be uncle dave and uncle yeti Mm -hmm. i mean when they start talking about earth wind and fire and uh cooling the gang i'm you know, kids nowadays are like, what, what is that? But then at the same time, you know, my kids are like, hey, dad, have you heard so-and-so? I mean, even younger than, you know, Bruno, Bruno uh, Mars or Maroon 5 or One Republic. I mean, they're even going 
way younger. So, <laughs> and I'm intrigued by by their uh, their interest in yeah. music as well. Well, so here's my question for yeah. you. Um, it's kind of a two part question, but it's this: Could you, if you could, sp- spend a studio session with any artist or band from your childhood? Yeah. Who would it be? And then on the other end of that, if you could have a studio sh- studio session with a current artist or band today, who would that be? From the past, uh, I think I've talked about it here and there on certain uh, interviews. It would have to be Michael Jackson. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I love his uh, his outlook, his take on music. I think a lot of people don't know that when he would write songs, he would perform a lot of the musical instruments with his mouth. Mm-hmm. So if he demoed a song, that's what he would do. He would uh, do the sax, uh, the horn parts with his mouth, the keyboard part, the bass. I mean, you can go back and watch uh, his last documentary, This Is It, and you'll see how he, how he was and how he uh, mapped out certain songs and even when it came down to his performance. I love uh, the entertainer that he was. Wow. Yeah, I think that answer doesn't surprise me. Obviously, I know you're a big Michael Jackson fan, and I think, I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, but, you know, all of you and the, the uncles were young when you started uh, really pursuing music, but you yeah. were the youngest. Yeah. Uh, how old were you when you said, when you'd say you really started taking it seriously? Yeah, matter of fact, I was having this conversation with my youngest daughter, Sam. She was getting ready for school, and I said, Sam, have a good day at school. She goes, Dad, what did you do when you were eight? Didn't you go to school? I said, oh, yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> but you know what? I had to repeat second grade. She goes, what? You had to repeat second grade? I said, yeah. She goes, how come? I said, because I didn't go. I was on the road. I went on my first tour. We were gone for months. Wow. I think we went to Hawaii and then New Zealand. As a second grader. As a second grader. Wow. So, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that that has been your life experience. And then Michael also, obviously, with the Jackson 5, started out very young. So there's that weird connection (laughs) between you and Michael. So it doesn't surprise Uh, me that you're drawn to him so much. And obviously, he connected with millions of people worldwide. And still today, uh, people love his music. So that's from your childhood. Mm -hmm. What about today's today's music? Today's music... uh, I love all kinds of artists, but there's something about American um, raised artists uh, that represent the U.S. that I um, that I love. I love uh, Maroon Five, Adam Levine as a front guy. I love their melodies. So, man, if I could be in a studio session with him, I love the s- simplicity that that comes out of uh, their music. Yeah. So. I think Levine, one thing that's special about Levine, and I think I got this out of when, I don't know if he still is, but he used to be one of the judges on The Voice. Oh, yeah. One thing that he always talked about was tone. Mm. And Levine has such a unique tone. and uh, But he was able, like, I'm not a vocalist, obviously, but one thing that I learned from Levine is that it's not always just about your range or your power, but the tone is, you can do a lot with your tone. Yeah. We uh we actually have a friend. He's from here in Franklin, um, Hunter Metz. Oh yeah, he's man. he's uh, I went to high school with him and his sister, and he's on American Idol right now. Yeah. He's and 
I think Hunter has a unique tone, and oh. I think about uh, just Levine, what Levine says with that, because he might not be the most powerful vocalist, but yeah. it's a special tone to his voice and something that makes him stand out. And yeah. so the other thing I like about Adam Levine is I'm assuming he writes most of uh, their hits, but man, you can definitely tell when a Maroon Five song is on the radio. Mm. There's just uh, a special thing that that he puts on on their on their music so their sound is it's pretty cool man it's yeah. very you can identify that yeah sound. Well, one thing about maroon five too is like so they were big when i was like in elementary school <laughs> and they're still big now and yeah. but if you listen to their music from back in the early 2000s this their sound has their sound has evolved yeah, a lot is. over the years and i think that you know that's certain artists and, and bands that's what how you get longevity is you're yeah. able to continue to evolve with music just mm -hmm. because music changes just like everything else in life does so yeah and um i think the katinas have evolved a little bit too would you say Ooh, I, man <laughs> i think we have but you know what I, our kids have played a major major role in the last 10 years or so they've uh, uh they've helped just kind of helped us to navigate through where we're at now, uh, sonically, lyrically, and all of our life experiences with our kids have, have helped us tremendously, man. Yeah. So. Being a, a son of one of the Katinas, I got the privilege, I get to listen to some music before it comes out, and the other day my dad was playing some, some new stuff that you guys recorded. Yeah. I love it, Uncle. Uh, I'm thanks, excited for man. the people to hear it. But. Thanks. And man, you know what? A lot of people don't know this side of us, but we're, we're pretty... Uh, maybe I should just speak for myself. I'm pretty competitive. I mean, I, I want to make sure that our, our music as much as we can, it matches up to, to what's out now. Mm. You know, um, I don't think, uh, we have to settle with all oh, guys are getting older. So, you know, the quality may dip here and there. I mean, man, as long as we're still in this industry and in this, uh, in this game, man, we want to stay up to par. Yeah. That <laughs> Uh, I would like to touch on that a little bit. So you guys have been doing music professionally now for like 30-ish years. Uh -huh. Some of the uncles are in their 50s now. Yep. Um, you guys are obviously dads and uh, some have older kids. And But I would like to ask, how do you guys, you know, you guys have lasted longer in this industry than probably 99% of people who ever get into the music industry. Yeah. What is it that... Um, you think has allowed you guys to have such longevity and I guess what's the motivation going forward because you guys have already uh, accomplished a lot of the things that I know you set out to do and what do you think it is that keeps that passion going? Yeah, I think when it comes to the music uh, we still have a drive along with the passion trying to stay relevant uh, and I think every year whether we call it a, a certain meeting, but there's just this meeting of, of coming together and kind of reinventing what we do just on a, another level, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we can't perform and sing the same songs that we did from years ago. We got to, it takes work, uh, to stay connected. And, uh, that's one thing that I'm confident about the rest of my brothers is we still have the drive yeah. we still have the drive. Well, for all you young aspiring artists out there, you keep that drive going. Man. Keep practicing, man. And you know what's interesting, Josh, is a lot of people, 
you know, we're, we're trying to expand our, uh, uh, this whole thing with social media and trying to get our message and our music out there in, in a bigger way. But a lot of people don't know how much time and effort goes into uh, what we do, especially when it comes to practicing. Mm. And uh, people ask us, man, do you guys still practice? We practice a lot. Mm. We practice a lot. We try to talk about the smallest of details, man. So when we are in front of people or in front of a camera, we can execute. Uh, we can execute everything. Not that we do, but that's the goal and that's the hope. 30 years later, still practicing. <laughs> so I think that's that's profound. You always keep keep getting better. Thank so, you, man. All right. Well, there's your two questions from me. And now question number three is really what this podcast is all about. And super open-ended uncle so answer yeah. it however you like to and it's simply this what's going on at home what's going on at home wow uh, a lot a lot of good as well as a lot of uh challenges you know i like to think that throughout the course of the year just like seasons change uh even in the dynamics of uh of home life it changes you know we're coming into a long uh, break from school and uh, so my kids are getting kind of antsy they're excited they're exhausted from uh, exams and testing and TCAP we're just we're going through that season right now so uh, patience is running a little low <laughs> at home um, but yet through it all uh, as a dad as a parent trying to find the joy in all of it mm. even when it's tough and uh frustrating times know that there are you know some windows uh, some smaller than others but there's pockets man where you know it's thriving and uh, just trying to enjoy every season uh, those moments where it's tough just trying to hold on tight and know that it won't last forever yeah um, so you t you mentioned this and I was going to ask you because it hasn't come up yet in any of our podcasts but Obviously, with the this last year and the pandemic, um, a lot of most kids in America spent significant time outside of school. Yeah. Um, how long were your kids not in the classroom? A long time. Uh, I believe it was close to eight months. And uh, you know, when you talked about what's going on at home, <clears throat> it's also a unfamiliar territory for my wife and I, Auntie Jessica, you know, uh, Boston is 16. I've never had a 16 year old before. And I think you, you can relate Josh when you become 16, there's some things that you're just like, wow, what's, what's going on with me? Not mm -hmm. just physically, but just emotionally, mentally. And, uh, uh, that's the season that we're in too. Just like, man, I, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to be the case with a 16 year old or even Mira, she's getting ready to graduate from middle school. And uh, so her interests are evolving, they're yeah. changing. And I'm like, man, what happened to uh, the simple days when they were all just, you know, little in elementary school? And so needless to say, man, we'll, we'll get through it all. And, but I'm enjoying the process. Yeah, so I think about, uh, you know, specifically Boston and Mira as they're in their teenage years. Um, I think back to my teen years and like, I didn't realize it at the time, but they were really chaotic. Like there's just so much going on in your life and yeah. you, the things you feel, you're feeling things you've never felt before and you're yeah. 
um, so much change is happening in your life. And I think about kids today, especially in that age, how they not only are they going through that, which everyone has to go through, but they also dealt with massive change in the way that they go to school because school is really the biggest part of your life at that point at that age. And my question for you is what were like the challenges that you saw for your kids when they were not able to be in person at school, but they had to do at home school and weren't able to be with their friends or do whatever kids these days are doing. Yeah. Uh, I think the challenges were, they were new for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously as their dad, I went from, doing a hundred dates a year, you know, out on the road to being home. And for my kids to wake up every single day, like, wow, dad is still here. Oh, dad is wanting me to clean this, clean that, wash this, pick this up, do this. Ah, man, I I give them so much credit for just dealing with me. Cause I, I, I got a, a lot of habits like my dad, my dad was in the military. And so if there's uh, if there's one brother that kind of took on that whole vibe of just, you know, being super structured and probably overly into the disciplinary stuff, it was probably me. So uh, last year I probably put all that on my kids. Yeah. And uh, looking back at it now, man, I'm so grateful they they handled it as well as, well as they could. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I look back at my days in middle school and high school and i remember i used to beg my parents for the the dumbest reasons mom dad can i just stay home from school today can i stay home from school and but when i ask my cousins and yeah. kids their age when they were going months without being in school and i asked them so are you guys enjoying it or yeah. do you like it and all of them all of them had the same answer dude, I hate it. I wish we could go back. I'm so bored. Yeah. And so I'll never experience what it's like to miss school for that long. But, yeah. but Hey Josh, to further answer your question about what were some of the challenges over the, uh, the year that we had last year, uh, when the shutdown happened, I, I, I love fitness. I love working out, playing basketball and lifting weights, whatever. So the gymnasium is closed here in, in Franklin. So I had to figure something out. So I started working out uh, out of my garage. And uh, one day, my daughter, Sammy, she goes, Dad, can I, can I work out with you? I'm like, Sam, come on, just let me get through this, and then we'll see. I'll, I'll play with you. She goes, no, I want to do the workout. I'm like, Sam, you can't do this. Well, eight years old, Sammy came out one time, and I don't know, I was probably in the garage for about an hour. She did every rep. <laughs> she hung with me, man. And that day, it evolved into all of my neighbors uh, joining in on this workout. So we did it for about six months straight, five days a week from three o'clock to 3.45. Uh, obviously I had to open up my garage because there was too many kids, but it was, it was amazing. That's and my, awesome. my, my kids loved it. They were basically the hosts of uh, inviting all the kids. And uh, yeah, it became a thing, man. So that's what we did over the summer break. That's awesome. I think, uh, the pandemic and just the shutdown really pushed people to um, invest in their local communities. Yeah. I think it made us realize, you know, that's really all, that's what's the most important, especially when stuff starts going crazy. Yeah. It's the people close to you. Uh, I, I will like to touch on, uh, 
you, you mentioned that you like playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would ask me something like well, this, man. So I had a, uh, I had, I'll, I'll lay the, I'll set the scene here. So for people who don't know, we have a, uh, a group text thread with, it's a bunch of the uncles and some of the cousins and, um, basically all we talk about in that it's it's dedic in that thread it's dedicated to sports and most of it is dedicated to basketball and so yeah lately uh there's been kind of an ongoing debate between some of the older guys in the group and then the younger guys guys my age about which generation of basketball was better and constantly i'm hearing oh so and so could never play in the 80s so and so would never make it and so I actually came up with a, a a little game for us to play, Uncle Jesse. This is the first time I've done this. So. All right, man. But I'm gonna. We're both gonna pick a team here. You're gonna pick a starting five. I'm gonna pick a starting five. The rules are: you're only allowed to pick players that were drafted before the year 2000. I'm only allowed to pick players drafted after after the year 2000 or 2000 and after. And I want to see what starting fives we come up with. So I'll let you go first. Okay, you're you're gonna have to help me out with the with the years, because man, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm a little confused on when these guys that I want to draft were drafted. If it was before if if you're if if he's ineligible, I'll let you. Oh, know. okay, yeah. Please let me know, man. All right, starting five. Who goes first, me or you? We'll let you go first. Go first. I'm gonna go with uh, at center. The big diesel, Shaq. Okay. So you're taking Shaq. I was thinking you would probably take Shaq at some point. And I want to stay true to the new generation of basketball. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm going to go ahead and go small. And my starting center is going to be Anthony Davis. All right. So I guess you ain't, you don't have a center for all the whole year. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Uh, my power forward is going to be... Uh, Power forward, I'm going to have to go with Tim Duncan. All right. I also thought you might take Tim Duncan. Also. Oh, my <laughs> So I'm going to move up to uh, the point guard position, and you'll see why I'm doing this later. Um, but to, to continue with the small ball and the shooting, I'm taking the greatest shooter of all time, Mr. Stephen Curry. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm going to go in order, so now I'm going to go to my – my small forward, my small forward is going to be Kevin Garnett. Mm. Why KG? KG just because he's, uh, he has, uh, his game is well-rounded. I think he was, he probably introduced the stretch position of a four, uh, he's fast enough defensively. He's long, lanky. Love his determination. If you don't remember KG, man, the dude was a he was a beast. So yeah, I, 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 and so so far I got some serious length on my team. Yeah. So that was the first surprise pick I got from all you. All right. All right. So I'm seeing an issue here with your picks, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> you only have two spots left, and there's three guys that right. I think belong on that team. But we'll see. So you go. So right now you have Shaq. Yeah. The big fundamental, Tim Duncan yeah. and uh, KG. Yeah. So I'll go with my – I'll go to small forward now. Okay. Or have I picked a power forward? No, I haven't picked a power forward, have I? You haven't. 
Okay, let's let me make sure I do this the right way. Okay, at four, um, he's gonna be the power forward in name, but he's probably the most versatile player of all time, LeBron James. I got you. I man. gotta have Brown on there. I got you. I like that. All right. So now I think my last. And I can't wait to see Tim Duncan guard LeBron James. <laughs> All right, I think my last two are pretty obvious. Uh, my two guard, I'm sorry to say this, Josh, but he's the, he's the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Okay, obviously I knew you were going to take MJ. That's all right. Um, I'm going to move. Well, why don't you go ahead and round out your yeah, team? Yeah, I'll round it out. And uh, So obviously my uh, last player picked for point guards, not really the position that he – He's known to play, but he is. Uh, I feel like I have enough guys who can distribute and who have high basketball IQ that we wouldn't need a typical uh, point guard playing that position. But the last guy, he can play it. He definitely can defend any point guard. Uh, he obviously displayed that when he shut down Island Iverson <laughs> several times. And this is my favorite player. Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Bryant. All right. Yeah. So when you said you had KG, I knew you had two spots left. And I, I thought you were going to have, obviously, MJ and then Kobe. And then I thought maybe you put Magic at point guard. But yeah, it's all right, Uncle. It's yeah. all right. I, 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 I'm trying to uh, uh, form a team that can play in this era. I see where you're going. So so uh, for my last two positions, the, I'm again, I'm embracing the 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 era of positionless basketball. So yeah. I have two wings that I'm taking and it's Kawhi Leonard, probably the best defensive wing of his era. And then I'm taking probably the best scoring wing of his era, Kevin Durant. So our starting five, yours are Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and Shaq Diesel. Yes. Versus Steph Curry, who I understand is going to have some defensive problems, but you can score two and Steph will score three. And then I have my three wings, KD, Kawhi, and LeBron, and then obviously rounding it out, my small ball five, stretch five, Anthony Davis. That's awesome, Josh. So obviously for all the old heads out there, all the old basketball heads, Josh is talking about a season that only has 25 games. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, oh my as soon as, goodness! As soon as we're done recording, I'm sending to our group thread, and I'm going to send our teams, and we'll, uh, we'll see how we think they stack up. I'm sure you will. Yeah. That's, so yeah, I love talking about basketball, and I know you do too. Oh, I love it, Josh. I love it. I'll tell you what. There's a a few things that I look forward to after working hours, and it's uh, whatever you know, going to the gym or watching a game of basketball, or just tuning in to our sports thread. It is 24-7 mm -hmm. entertainment. Yeah, and uh, most people probably notice, know this, that our family is a Laker family. Oh, yeah. We love the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I've never asked this question to anyone, and any of like my dad or the uncles, but um, obviously I'm a Laker fan because of my dad, and yeah. but I'm wondering... What was it that made you guys Laker fans? Yeah, well, four of us uh, brothers were born in uh, in San Diego. And uh, when we moved to Samoa, we just kind of rooted for all California, as many California teams as we could. We loved the Dodgers, you know, knew a little bit about the Angels. Uh, 
I'm a, a, a big Rams fan. Sam was a, a Oakland Raiders fan, and and the one team that we all uh, uh, loved and cheered for was the Los Angeles Lakers. Was it a certain player you think? Or yeah, was... man, we just love the old school. That at that time it was Magic, Kareem. When we lived in Samoa, I remember. Uh, one particular championship series they were playing against the Boston Celtics. I believe it was game five. Dude, we didn't even have a television. Me and uh, Uncle John, we were in my mom's room. She was uh, sick, and so we were just kind of taking care of her. I think we were, like, rubbing her legs from a long day, and uh, we tuned into the radio AM station, put up that antenna, and we were listening. And that game, I believe, Magic scored the sky hook the baby sky hook wow yeah I, I like a true laker fan you left larry bird off of your team and the <laughs> starting five i thought maybe you were going to take bird but i, I couldn't understand why, why yeah. not what so, you, so, so let me ask you what, what do you think about my team man um, where are the holes and uh i'm i'm seeing some problems uh, well obviously Shaq is the biggest problem on your team in my for my team i think okay uh i don't know if there's ever been a player that could stop Shaq. yeah it's in the paint. Um, I'm concerned about your perimeter defense with KG, Duncan, and Shaq all on the floor together. I'm not really sure how who's guarding KD, who's guarding Steph. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think when you come, it's kind of hard because that era of basketball, the bigs were the most important part yeah, of, the t- yeah. of the team, really. Um, and it's kind of changed now. It's the perimeter players who really yeah. uh, run the league. So it would be – I would love to see a matchup like that, a team of elite perimeter players versus elite paint players. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really intrigued and excited to uh, see you put this out on our sports uh, thread and uh, <laughs> I, see all the input. I already know what it's going to be. Oh, Josh, <laughs> your guys, they wouldn't make it through the first 12 minutes. <laughs> but – well, I feel I feel pretty good about my team, and to be okay. fair, I had all day to think about who I want to be on my man. roster, and you got did it off you, the man. top. Got but you. Um, yeah, so did you see Anthony Davis is returning tomorrow? I did, man. I was hoping uh, uh, for a little bit more than fifteen minutes, but hey, man. Yeah, he's got so it. he's on a fifteen minute restriction, but also I think there's only like fifteen games left in the season until the playoffs start. Yeah. One thing I'm concerned about is that. We're kind of asking, AD's coming back tomorrow, and we still don't really know for sure when LeBron's coming back, but uh, it's going to have to be soon. I don't, I don't think they're going to – I wouldn't want them to just bring him back for game one of the, of the first series of the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just concerned about how, how they're going to adjust to not having a season to kind of ramp up because that's one thing LeBron has historically done in his career is – he kind of takes the first half of the regular season. He kind of coasts through it and then yeah. slowly ramps up getting ready for the playoffs. But he's not having that now. and so Yeah, but, man, I, I think our team is – I think they're going to be fine. Uh, uh, matter of fact, Boston asked me the other day, Dad, why did you keep telling me about if you could just have one player a couple years ago that uh, Anthony Davis would make a big change? I said, well, Boston, you saw the results of it. The dude, there's so many parts of his game that they go unnoticed that they just change. They just change the whole dynamic of the Lakers. I mean, there's what he can do yeah. is, is it's un, unexplainable, I guess. Yeah, he's, 
I totally agree. Who do you think is the biggest threat uh, either conference to the Lakers right now? Either conference, I'm going to have to disagree. Maybe it's just because I'm a diehard Laker fan and Western Conference fan. I, I think the Nets, I, I mean, I think that's an incredible collection of players. But, man, it is, to me, it's scary if they play the 76ers because mm. of the skill set of Joel Embiid. And they don't have anything close. I mean, KD, the three dudes, they can't guard him. Yeah. You know, and so, oh, but obviously the Sixers, they can't guard them either. But I think I'd go with the uh, dominant big, big yeah. guy. I actually agree with you. I was having this conversation, and I think the Nets are like the Vegas favorites to, to yeah. win the finals. But I was at, I'm not as worried about the Nets as I am about um, the Clippers, the Sixers, or Denver right now, just because I, when it comes to the Clippers, they don't have as much size, but with Denver and, and the Sixers, Anthony Davis, if he ever struggles, he does struggle against like big bodied centers. And yeah. those are the, probably the two best true centers in the game right now with Philly and Denver. And I think Jokic is probably the favorite for the MVP right now. But um, yeah, I'm not as concerned with Brooklyn as a lot of people um, say we should be. Yeah, I would be concerned with the Nuggets, but being that Jamal Murray is uh, done for the year, man, that's a that's a big loss. No, yeah, you're right. So, um, well, yeah, I'm excited for AD to come back and hopefully LeBron soon, and then see how we do on this next playoff run. Um, Sorry, we, Josh, you got me thinking, man. After I, after this, and I get in my car, I'm going to be questioning my top five. Man, but uh, it's all good. Man. Well, I'll maybe stick with we, it, man. we'll wait. We can do this another time. I'm sure you'll come back, and I'll put a new twist on it or something. But uh, we got a few minutes left, so I'd like to to pivot to uh, a different subject. Today yeah. is uh, April 21st, and um, that's an important day for our family. It is because uh, it's the anniversary of when uh, my grandmother, C.I. Katina, went to heaven, your mother. And it's been how many years now, Uncle? Man, since uh, 88. So 33 so, yeah. years. Yeah. 33 years. Um, I just want to give you a chance to share with, um, this is really more for me, I guess, but if you could share one of your favorite stories uh, that you have memories with your mom. Yeah, well, when Grandma C.I. passed away, I was 13 years old, and uh, man, that was that was difficult. But uh, before I came here, I was uh, reminiscing and talking to Auntie Jessica about her, and, uh, because today was the 21st, she, she asked me uh, just some in-depth questions about how Grandma C.I. was, and uh, man, she was obviously the most amazing woman that I've ever known, uh, besides my, my awesome wife now, but she was tender, she was loving. Uh, but one thing that she was that a lot of people that knew her probably didn't know this about her, she was tough. Mm. She was, when I say tough, in every way, even physically, a lot of people thought, man, you grew up with a Marine dad, and he was tough. But man, it was no break if, if uh, Grandma C.I. had to do it. <laughs> And, uh, but man, she, she did so much. She did all the things that you would expect out of a loving mom, you know, cooked. Can you imagine cooking for all the, all the kids that she had, uh, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was an amazing pastor's wife. Uh, she was available to, uh, to people all the time. I, I, we, I feel like 
Grandma C.I. coined the whole phrase that we're still uh, speaking about today, which is love God, love people. Mm. And uh, so I miss her. But my uh, Jess, Auntie Jessica also asked me, she goes, do you, do you wish she was still around? I said, you know, yes and no. Because mm. uh, if she was, I probably wouldn't be in this situation now. I probably wouldn't be married to you. I probably wouldn't uh, be dad to Boston, Mir, and Sam. I'd probably be in Samoa. So, you know, you got to consider all those things. And uh, But I'm just grateful, man, that she's she's in a better place. And we'll, yeah. we'll see her again. What was, uh, people always talk about, grandma's cooking i've never had my grandmother's cooking what was grandma's best dish grandma's best best dish i don't think i was really paying attention <laughs> to the uh quality at the time <laughs> it was just the quantity and it all all i can say is it was always enough oh there you go it was always enough that's man. a good mom right there <laughs> all right uncle well thank you for coming in i'm glad we got to talk about a lot of things and i know you're excited about talking about basketball oh yeah Um, oh yeah before we go i just want to give you an opportunity if you want to share anything with our listeners no man just to stay on your journey man and just know that uh through all the ups and down uh you're gonna make it through whatever whatever you're going through and uh, like we were talking about earlier uh, i think it's important to focus on those those windows of uh, where things are going well. Because mm. when you can recognize those in the challenging times, you'll remember that uh, this too shall pass and I'll make it through. Awesome, Uncle. Well, one more time, thanks for coming over and sitting down in the seat and sharing your thoughts with us. Um, for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. We'll be back with more episodes soon.